0: the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to
1: Wine Women Radio, where we discuss what we're drinking and what's happening in the wine
2: industry. Pour yourself a glass and enjoy the show.
1: Greetings, everybody. This is the Wine Women Radio Hour. I'm Marsha Meekumber, one of your hosts today, and I want to welcome everybody who's listening to the show. Uh, Co-hosts are off on assignment today. Um, today we are recording at the panel wine lounge in Sonoma Um, what is the panel they are a public wine lounge they serve wine by the glass draft beer and espresso Um, they also are a small venue event space Um, we're actually tasting right now and recording in their private tasting room in the back which is absolutely lovely you can rent the space out for uh, private tasting appointments Uh, If there's a great game on that uh, you want to host a party for, they've got a great big screen here to watch on the telly and enjoy your wine all at the same time. Uh, You can enjoy their wine shop down front, uh, which has Mm -hmm. global representations for everything from New Zealand to France to, I think, even uh, Greece and Bulgaria, and, of course, uh, U.S. wines as well, along with your usual French and Italian wines. So you can find representative stuff there as well. Uh, And you can join their wine club, which is really cool because the wine club has different offerings every month. And they have a panel of judges every month who evaluate in a a blind taste test side by side um, the the possible choices for that month's wine club. Uh, And they taste through them. They choose the best ones. And that's what gets offered to the wine club that month. So uh, different ones from all over the world every month, which is really kind of cool. So you can find all of this at panelwines.com. Uh, they're located here in Sonoma at 535 West Napa Street. They're open Tuesday to Friday, 3 to 9, and Saturday at noon to 9 o'clock. Uh, you can even sit out on their lovely patio and enjoy a glass of wine there and some uh, nibbles to accompaniment, accompany it. I'm getting them backwards. <laughs> uh, and just kick back and enjoy your summer evening because uh, that's what we're going to be doing shortly. Uh, i mean, joined here today by Jen Walsh. Welcome, Jen. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. And I was wondering if you had caught, caught some of the wine news um, this week that's out there. I wanted to mention a few things that were kind of Interesting, of course, the first big thing that probably affects you more than anything else, Jen, is verasion. So uh, known as maturation, if you want to translate it directly. Um, For our listeners who may not know, verasion is the onset of ripening. Uh, It marks the transition from growing of the grape to the ripening of the grape. And that means it's getting ready to be made into wine, quite possibly by Jen, (laughs) who's the winemaker at uh, La Crema. Uh, in Hillsburg, right? Where, what, uh, do I have you in the wrong town? Uh,
0: we're we're in Windsor. You're in, in Windsor, which
1: is really close by. Still part of Hillsburg and Windsor are all part of the Russian River Valley it's watershed and all that. So, um, and you guys are celebrating your 40th anniversary. It's true. Very cool. Very exciting. So what? So where are you guys in terms of erosion right now?
0: So it depends on the vineyard, but we some of our vineyards are maybe eighty percent for Asian uh-huh. or So, exciting, uh, and it's a little later than last year. It's okay. been a cool. It's been a, kind of a cool spring, okay. uh, nice even ripening. Uh, but uh, we also make sparkling, so I think things come on for us a little bit earlier than for for some people. That's so right. I've been checking bricks and looking at acids and tasting and I think we're maybe two three weeks away oh wow yeah right
1: so for our listeners who don't know sparkling wine is the grapes for that are picked first often a month or more in advance of picking the grapes for a lot of other varieties um Crema is best known for their chardonnay and pinot noirs and in many ways um you guys kicked off the movement for vineyard designates uh and really um Treating wine for being very much from a specific place, uh, champions of coastal Pinot Noirs and coastal wines, cool climate, mm-hmm. in a big way. So the, the cheers to that! Cheers, I couldn't say it better myself. Ooh, ooh. So that's that's a cool thing. So voration is kicking off. Um, there are some other fun things also coming up on the horizon because we're going to be talking about your exciting event that's coming up in just a minute. But um, did you know other fun things in the news? The Wine & Spirit Education Trust, also known by industry people as WSET, or WSET if they call it that, Um, they are the ones who provide um, Wine & Spirit's qualifications and education programs. So people get certified, you'll often hear people in the industry talking about um, they they have achieved uh, certification WSET level one, level two, level three, level four, and they go through those. So they are also celebrating an anniversary coming up. So you're hitting 40. They're about to hit 50 this spring, and they're going to do this with a first ever Global Wine Education Week, which will be from September 5th through the 15th. So that sounds like a lot of fun, and they're, they're going to be doing some sort of Guinness World Record attempt for the largest ever sommelier lesson. So I think the last one they tried to do, they had a gathering of over 300 sommeliers, and they're going for a higher number during this week for this event, and it will be in London. So that's just kind of a, a fun little tidbit to have out there, I think. Uh, here's another one that, that passed through on the news side this week that was kind of fun from Lisa Zimmerman out at Forbes magazine. A wine-soaked manicure. Um, <laughs> now, that makes me think um, somehow that they've got dishes out there with your hands soaking in wine. I'm not sure I'd want to give up the good stuff for my fingers. Um,
0: yeah, I don't know. Yeah, not after, your after way after to go, Jen. <laughs> my, uh, my nails aren't looking so good after <laughs> being soaked in grapes and wine. Harder, exactly,
1: so. exactly. Well, I think honestly what they're meaning from this release is that uh, the wine will be more of, an accompaniment to the action of getting a manicure. So um, as Lisa says in this article in Forbes about the wine-soaked manicure, that um, a smart young San Francisco entrepreneur um, just opened Zaza's Nail Spa in San Francisco, um, and she's going to be serving champagnes that vary from Cricot's uh, Yellow Label to Champagne Tassin, which is a smaller, I think, a, a family grower mm-hmm. in France. Um, and, and I guess um, they used to just kind of have customers bring in bottles that they wanted to have. And this was, this was part of the evolving Salons May Serve wine movement mm-hmm. to have a better experience. So not only are wineries getting in on providing better, better experiences, but so are the nail salons. So Cheers here's to having that. a better manicure experience <laughs> as well so it's a fun thing so we've been we've been clinking uh our glasses here in a little bit of celebration but what our listeners don't know here jen is what we are clinking here so phyllis said there's wine in our (laughs) (laughs) glass uh it's chardonnay uh one of the things that la crema is famous for over its storied 40-year history fill us in a little bit about what we are enjoying in the glass
0: sure thanks for that uh so i brought our russian river chardonnay la crema's home is in the russian river and where it's always been for the past 40 years and i thought this would be a nice wine to uh to taste today it's warm outside it's a beautiful sunny day it is this comes from a number of our estate vineyards mm-hmm. around the russian river
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it's got a nice balanced acid great fruit just a touch of oak uh, yeah it's
1: it's, uh, it's it's really lovely because it's a combination first of, c- combination of a lot of things the aromas on this i'm getting everything from uh apple notes to touches of caramel a little cinnamon but citrus as well mm-hmm. so uh, a lot of different notes that are common to uh, great chardonnays which is a wonderfully tasty way to go so how, long, so how long have you been making Chardonnays for La Crema?
0: So I have been with La Crema for two and a half years. Okay. So not that long within the 40-year history. 40-year history. history.
1: <laughs> one, of the, one of the newer people, but you get to celebrate the lengthy history. I
0: do. I'm here at the right time.
1: <laughs> and you hail all the way from Baltimore. Uh, yeah. So you've made the big leap from, you worked for a small family winery in Maryland. And a lot of listeners might be going, Vineyards in Maryland? Well, there I believe there are vineyards and w- wineries in virtually all 50 states. I
0: think all 50 states.
1: Yeah. Some of them have a harder time growing their own grapes. But that isn't to say that they don't bring them in and make their wine, uh, source their grapes from elsewhere. I, I would imagine it's got to be tough for Alaska. Maybe they specialize in ice wine. I don't <laughs> know. I haven't had any Alaskan wine. Um, but Maryland uh, actually has a fairly long history, mm-hmm. and they're just kind of coming to prominence. I have seen several Maryland wines do extremely well in competitions here on the West Coast.
0: Really? Oh, That's yes. Great. That's yes. great. Yeah. I, there's, uh, there's quite a few vineyards and wineries in the mid-Atlantic, uh, mm-hmm. in Maryland and Virginia, uh, pretty well-known wineries in that area. Uh, but I wanted to come out and make wine in, in California. So, here so I there am. you
1: go. Fun stuff. So, and you've only, and you've been out here for, you know, you, how long were you at uh, Benovia before that?
0: I was there for four years. Four years. See, yeah. so you've been out here
1: for a while. Yeah. I bet you don't miss those East Coast winters.
0: Uh, well, I'm happy to go to Tahoe for snow if I have there to. There you go. Rather than try to drive in it to work every morning. There
1: you go. Yeah. I like that answer. <laughs> I feel the same way. I hail from the Chicago area. So. Oh, so you know. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to leave those winters behind and only go to the snow with a very dis- determined purpose to do that. So so you studied at UC Davis and got your, your master's there in viticulture, right? I did. And winemaking. I did,
0: yeah, I, uh, I worked in, in Maryland for a while and then decided that I needed to come out west and get my degree and, and study. Uh, mm-hmm. And then work different places to, to develop some skills and ultimately land at, at La Crema.
1: Very cool. Very, very interesting path. What was it in your in your previous careers before you jumped to winemaking? You obviously spent the time, as you mentioned, working the family winery in Maryland. But what was it that what was the impetus that got you into wine and then drew you in? Right. That's
0: that's a great question, and I I don't know how long the show is, <laughs> but uh, I'll try to. That's okay. <laughs> keep it. We love stories.
1: Rape. We all know people remember well, stories the best.
0: So my uncle had a restaurant on the Mm -hmm. beach on the East Coast when I was a teenager. So it was kind of a dream teenage life during the summer. So I would go there and bus tables and ultimately become a a waiter there Mm -hmm. and learn about wine. And being from the East Coast, and you probably feel the same way about Chicago, we're not surrounded by
1: vineyards. It's not a job that you sort of... You don't aspire to it you know <laughs> think about it doesn't even cross your right. mind but but that sounds like you know having family in the restaurant business suddenly there's a little bit stronger connection exactly. to food and the beverages that accompany exactly
0: food, so. and and you know, there's a mystery and something i uh, learned i could see that people were very passionate and loved wine and learning about wine regions and Mm -hmm. there was something that appealed to me about that and I continued to do that not professionally just as a Uh you know just for fun right um, a consumer with an interest exactly Uh, but I studied I studied philosophy in school which didn't immediately translate into a job so funny that (laughs) yeah believe it or not I wasn't always the most practical person uh, but
1: it does translate to life. I think so. So, and, and wine is life, as, as <laughs> I, I think there's some quotes out there for that. So, that's always a strong possibility to go with that. So, um, uh, it makes it kind of fun, I think, to look at it that way. I think so. So, you also s- had a stint uh, in Burgundy. I did. So, this is not unusual. Now, that was that before or after uc davis it Was after davis it was after uc davis
0: was, it was uh sort of a scholarship that mm-hmm. davis offers to two students every year right so, I was so you're a one of the few to to go mm-hmm. yeah
1: because those those um those scholarships um are are few and far in between and the classes at uc davis for viticulture and winemaking are now fairly large so Congratulations <laughs> uh, Thank you. on that. So that uh, must have been Jen was at the head of her class, um, and and perfect for that. And what did you learn in Burgundy? What did, was this where your passion for Pinot was really kind of amplified? Oh. Or what do you want to tell our well, listeners about that?
0: Certainly, it was amplified because that is sort of the motherland of. Uh, <laughs> Returning to the motherland to to learn about Pinot Noir production. But I've always been passionate about Pinot, even in Maryland. That's how I decided to work at this winery. It was the only winery that had Pinot Noir planted. Uh,
1: So that that drew you in in the first place. That drew me in in the first place, yeah. Okay, so Maryland, cool climate, Pinots. Mm, (laughs) Or not? I don't know
0: about that. Uh, Cold winters, hot winters. Uh, warm, humid summers. So not ideal, necessarily
1: uh, difficult. So what were the characteristics you found of those types of Pinot Noirs, um, you know, in in contrast to the other ones? And of course, now what you're making Mm -hmm. at La Crema, um, what would you say were the biggest differences that you noticed in how the grape performed?
0: In Maryland, uh, they're lighter in body, lighter in color. Uh, we get rains during the summer. It's just a, it's a different expression of Pinot Noir. Okay. I, I love making wine in the Russian River. I love our Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. Uh, it's just, it, we have a lot of diversity in the Russian River, but mm-hmm. we also have a lot of consistency in terms of getting grapes ripe and getting the flavor development we're looking
1: for. That's nice. Um, That's always a good way to do it. And one of the things about the Russian River to me is it's a whole series of microclimates because you've got a lot of little canyons and slots. They all trap moisture and fog, particularly the closer Mm -hmm. and closer that you get to the ocean. That's true. Um, And then on the more eastern side um right over the river and then mm-hmm. and then as you work your further east, you get more heat trapped uh, in there that has kind of wound its way around from the valley and is coming up and it kind of just hangs there because it doesn't have a way to escape per se. Well,
0: it's actually uh, a lot of diverse neighborhoods. The mm-hmm. Russian river wine growers are talking about different neighborhoods within the Russian River yeah. as a identifying, Specific flavors mm-hmm. and um, properties of the wines that are that are grown there. Uh, so, a lot of different soils, a lot of different expressions of Pinot mm-hmm. from Martian River. Mm-hmm.
1: So, a lot of volcanic soils of different different layers and different bases.
0: A l- I've heard or more clay. There's clay. There's decomposed sandstone. <laughs> there's a lot of there's uh, gravelly loams from riverbeds. There's there's a Every place is there, a little different. Every place is a little different, for <laughs> sure. And somebody once said, and I don't know if this is true, but it's, I'll repeat it anyway, that there's more soils in Sonoma County than there are in the entirety <laughs> of France. Oh, my goodness. So I don't know if that's true or not, but that's, uh, we do have, that's we have a huge diversity yes. of and soils. We have al-
1: and Sonoma County alone has 16 Appalachians, or is it up to 18 or 19 mm. now? I don't it's know. a it's a f- it's a fairly large number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, and as you said, even within Russian River Valley, which is its own uh, American viticultural area (AVA), mm-hmm. um, it has its own unique, tiny little bits of um, unique areas within it. Uh, little sub sub AVAs. Even if they aren't named by sub AVAs, they've all got their own um, behaviors and climate characteristics to contend with. So. Lots of interesting information. So let's talk a little bit about La Crema, La Crema Venera, the original (laughs) name. We 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 don't even see Venera on the label anymore, do Do we? No, I
0: don't think we do. We just stick with uh, La Crema. Yeah,
1: there you go. It used to be the 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 best of the vines, Venera uh, Mm -hmm. vine. Um, So what do you want to tell me on the history of uh, La Crema? Of how it all came to be about and le- oh, I stumped the band with Jen here. <laughs> all right, I didn't I, mean to. do can I can speak to that a little bit. It's that's been good. a it's been a that's long okay. history. I don't I don't mean to make this a hard pop quiz <laughs> oh, or strange. anything. So your your founding winemaker was Ron Berglund, right? Yeah, Rod For, Berglund from Rod, Joseph Swan. Right mm-hmm. from from forty years ago, um, and he's actually come back to do kind of a collaborative thing for the 40th anniversary, which is kind of cool for that. And and we'll talk about that a little bit later, and you've got some celebration into that. But what do you consider the main themes for La Crema? What do you want our listeners to go, this is what we're known for and this is what we do best. It's Chardonnays and Pinots. Mm How specific you want to get in on that theme?
0: Sure. So uh, you sort of hit the nail on the head before we do cool climate Pinot and Chardonnay. That is our specialty. And we make wines from, you know, just very small, very focused Mm -hmm. single vineyards. Uh, We make a Sonoma Coast Chardonnay and Pinot Noir uh, we make wine down in Monterey and uh, make Pinot, Chardonnay, and a Rosé down right. there. And it's also
1: Cool Climate down All, there. So this it's is your theme. Cool.
0: cool Climate is the
1: theme for La Crema. So, so let's talk a little bit about the characteristics of Cool Climate and why it's so attractive to you guys. What what uniquely happens with Cool Climate grapes?
0: Right. It's, it's essential for Pinot and Chardonnay to have Cool Climate. And the Pacific Ocean is... The driving force, mm-hmm. you know, the the, the the deep cold water coming down from Alaska, the fog rolls in, the Russian River uh, keeps the grapes nice and cool, keeps acidity, allows for a slower maturation, flavor development. Uh, it's it's that's the essential component, is keeping acid getting color in your in your right. grapes. And okay. so
1: in the Chardonnay that we are drinking right now, and which vintage is this of the Chardonnay? This is 17.
0: I brought three different vintages for us to, to try and talk about. Very
1: cool. Very nice. Well, I'm getting, first of all, as I said before, it's got a great, great nose on it of a whole range of citrus on up. Um, but then in the mouth, it's got a whole envelopment. That's not the right word. Envelope opening how do I want to say it? who's got a good who's got a good <laughs> set of words for me it's just just, it just unveils and it, un, it kind of unpeels and unveil unveils that's mm-hmm. the kind of the word that I'm looking for it unveils itself so when this opens it's like a a, a river channel opening onto onto a, like a wider lake mm-hmm. you know a wider opening well, and this sp- and it spreads right across the palette And The acidity rides all the way through really very smoothly, and it's fully incorporating all of its Mm. flavors from the citrusy notes, which is where the citrus notes we uh, associate with the acid, but then also through the creamier notes, which we associate with the oak um, and vanilla and all that. So very tasty. I got a glass here for Lisa Adams Walter is just able to join us. Hello, Lisa. Hello, hello.
2: It's great to have you with us
1: today. Oh. I'm glad to well, be here. There you go. We'll get your we'll get your mic all straightened out. So got it, uh, Lisa. Jen, Jen, Hi. Lisa.
2: <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you as well. So
1: we are enjoying the La Crema Chardonnay, the 2017, cool climate from Russian River Valley.
2: Nice. From and and, great.
1: From, and you also mentioned. These are all your estate vineyards. Uh, is it on the? Is it on primarily the Chardonnay? State. Primarily, uh, primarily state, on I the
0: estate, on on the Chardonnay. There are a few grower vineyards.
1: Right. All right, so a um, lot of a lot of contributions that. from all the fun stuff, mm. but like you know, I the, the thing about La Creme I always associate is smooth, silky uh, delivery. Touches of uh, vanilla and caramel get delivered through your Chardonnay. I always get this sense of a little
2: creme brulee mm. through mm-hmm. it. Um, how about you, Lisa? Well, I'm just getting going. I, I mean, know. I'm, I'm give you I, a little I, time. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, the, it's got a great nose. I mean, just re- very explosive and pear and apple oh yeah, and um, in a good way. In a you know, yeah, in a in very, very ripe, way. voluptuous sort of Jen, way.
1: Jen, what are your favorite personal wine pairings with this Chardonnay?
0: Oh, jeez. I think that this Chardonnay could go with uh, a lot of fresh citrus salad with maybe a little bit of
1: grilled chicken,
0: simple summer uh, farmer's market. Grilled chicken with lemon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I was also thinking some of my favorite, of course, is um, the pear walnut salads, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that have a little bit of goat's cheese with them. It's just the right, it's Mm -hmm. just the right balance with... In terms of a goat's cheese, has mm-hmm. the right fattiness balance, right. so this is also perfect with that. I can also see doing this with a light grilled salmon. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. really lovely way to go with Scallops. all of this. Scallops. 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 Classic. Uh, y- you know, and even debating on how you prepare a little halibut. Right. Yeah. So great choices, I and I would even—I would even go lobster. I could say lobster, lobster. Just definitely. Dipping it in the butter, and you know, <laughs> right. slathering and yeah, all I those fun things pair
0: with quite a few different different foods yeah Just but i appreciate yeah. i appreciate your comments about the wine it's it's all uh barrel fermented in about 30 percent new oak so i don't okay. want to have too much oak that overpowers the wine but mm-hmm. like you were saying mm-hmm. you know a little bit of creme brulee and spice and right. a hint of vanillas and nice. then
1: how long how long are you aging the chardonnay in the barrels this is about 10 months Ten in a barrel months.
0: okay yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh? So a little leaves stirring to develop some texture. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Chardon- Chardonnay does not necessarily need, uh, you know, long, long, mm-hmm. long time. It's not a red, so it doesn't need long time on oak, just enough to give it the mm-hmm. characteristics you're after. And to me, the thing that's so fascinating about winemaking that I could never do mm-hmm. is your ability to, you know, taste through the maturation process in the barrel and the fermentation process and know at eight months and 10 months in barrel going, you know, we're getting close, and the flavors aren't anything Mm -hmm. like what I'm getting now, but you know what they will be because you know how the chemicals meshed, that's a terrible way to put it, the chemistry, I should say, the chemistry of the ingredients um, and the the barrel fermenting all um, affect how it's going, what it's going to become. Mm.
0: Sure. I, and it takes time, uh, even working with a new vineyard to see how the juice will transform into the wine as it's going through malolactic fermentation, what it will be like after that. And it just it takes time to, to predict the future.
1: It sure does. It sure does. But we're going to do our best to find out <laughs> how you are predicting has done today. So, um, Jen, I'm going to let you start pouring the second wine sure. that we have here and tell us a little bit about it. I want to make sure our listeners know a little bit about what's coming up at the 40th anniversary celebration now. If they're doing a really good job and fun job, and I'm sure they are, they're celebrating their 40th anniversary for the whole darn year. Um, definitely something to do. So uh, celebrating four decades of winemaking excellence, uh, La Crema was founded on the, the traditional Burgundian practices in crafting Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. And they're releasing a special, special bottling. Um, Again, as Jen and I talked about a little earlier, alluding to Rod Berglund uh, has come back to contribute to this anniversary, special anniversary um, wine that they're doing. And they're going to host a huge celebration at the Krama's Estate at Sara Lee's Vineyard um actually saturday the 17th so not too far off from now and you can actually get tickets by going to the La Crema website lacrema.com among other things yes uh you wanted to chime I in i was so, going to chime in yes. that
0: uh and now we have just been sold out <gasps> but if you okay. contact the the website mm-hmm. uh, we can there might be there might be something yes, available, something available. But
1: hey, there's nothing wrong if you can't make it for the celebration. Right. We'll be celebrating all year. Visit. Exactly, <laughs> that was my point. You'll be celebrating all year, so even though the event might be sold out, you can always come by and and uh, have your own celebration at the tasting room That's at Sara Lee's Vineyard, a really famous vineyard. So let's first talk about the wine, and then we'll talk about Sara Lee's Vineyard in your sure. tasting room there. Right. Ooh-hoo. So I cheers. brought cheers, cheers everybody. I brought uh, a
0: different vintage. I brought our 2015 Sarah Lee's Pinot Noir, uh, and this is uh, a single vineyard wine from Sarah Lee's, which is a 200-acre estate in the heart of the Russian River.
1: It, it is a storied, famous, very well-known, well-regarded, and every winemaker and winery out there hopes to get a contract for a wee piece of it. <laughs> and you guys have have the bulk. Well, I feel very access.
0: very lucky to be able to work with the vineyards I, I get to work with at La Crema. Sarah Lee's uh, named yeah. after Sarah Lee Cundy, who was just a wonderful woman. Uh, she's Sadly, she's pa- she passed away a few yeah. years ago, but she just did a lot for Sonoma County. A very generous, wonderful woman. She,
1: so was a, she worked a lot on Fundraising for nonprofits, um, for helping out the, the youth. Uh, vineyard workers, mm-hmm. youth. Education. Uh, mm-hmm. Education. She, w- she was a, a force to be reckoned with. Um, and a big loss.
0: Yeah. And so, I, I feel very fortunate to be yeah. able to, to work with, with this fruit at Sarah Lee's. Um, so every year it's, it's very much an honor.
1: What, is, what are the what are the unique char- what it jumps out to you? The unique characteristics of Sara Lee's Vineyard for you.
0: So for me, every year I get bright red fruits, really lovely assortment yeah. of red fruits, everything from red cherries to plums and alpine strawberries. But there's there's something ethereal about it. It's, a, the it's light to, on
1: its feet. You were the first one to mention alpine strawberries. <laughs> so. Just tell me a little bit about... You obviously have a very personal association with that. Tell me a little bit more.
0: It's true. I mean, we all come to uh, wine tasting with our memories and Mm -hmm. and, uh, our childhood memories. But we would grow alpine strawberries, which aren't... Uh, they're sort of more bush strawberries okay. and they don't transport well so <laughs> you rarely see them at the farmer's market or a oh grocery store so th- I suggest everybody right. here in Sonoma County grow some because they're delicious and they don't and they don't transport well and they so a, make your own right and they have a pop, just this intense pop of
1: flavor that you miss
0: in grocery store strawberries
1: right oh very cool so now you've really you know intrigued me I think
2: I have those. I didn't know what variety I have, but they, they don't last mm-hmm. long, but they're yeah. super flavorful mm-hmm. and they're quite small and exactly. intense. And well, I didn't know that was the variety I had in my garden. Well, you've drawn
1: me in because supermarket strawberries just do about zip to me because mm. the, the, to me, they're, they taste like candy. You know, they're kind of just sugar bombs. And I, I'm not particularly attracted to that. So your description, Jen, makes me go, oh. I've, I've got to mm. try this because I know a lot of people are, are strawberry fiends and I'm not a strawberry fiend, but mm. your description of it makes me go, Oh, I've got to try this one out and then maybe I'll get it
2: better, which is cool. If I have some, I'll bring, I'll bring okay. some in for oh, you. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: you, You'll have to grab them. You know, as Jen said, they don't transport. Well, don't, so you'll have to like grab them on day, your really. here. Right. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. So here's what I'm getting on the Pinot. unless you want it. You want to jump no, in go first. Ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, Actually, what strikes me a lot is it's just everything is so superbly integrated. As you first said, Jen, I get all this red fruit, red cherries, uh, plums, uh, strawberry, uh, a little a little cranberry note there. Cranberry um, for sure. It's a
2: little shy in the glass at first. I think it's take it, it, it it's, it's and it's going to open up in a few minutes. Um, but definitely the flavors are there immediately. Man. Beautiful, very. It's a lot of finesse yeah. in this wine. And I you know this this is going
1: to cut this is a double edged sword. I was going to go. This is a quaffable Pinot,
2: but it's still very
1: elegant. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's and it spreads very nicely in the mid palate, and just kind of keeps spreading out through the mid mouth feel, uh, and keeps going, and then it gently fades out. It's very. It's a very typical Russian River Pinot Noir, um, of which La Crema actually. Kind of put Pinot Noirs on the map from Russian River in many ways.
0: Uh, I I think that's probably true in, in many ways. I, I we certainly can't take all the responsibility, but we were <laughs> we were we were early proponents of, of Chardonnay and Pinot
1: Noir in the Russian River. Very cool. So can we talk a little bit about what's going to happen at the celebration? Even though not everybody who's listening <laughs> will get to go. What are, what are you going to be doing at the celebration, Jen? Oh. Um, I'll probably be
0: drinking some Pinot. I think Um, so. (laughs) I think so. Uh, It's just food and wine and friends and bringing back a lot of the people that helped uh, make Mm -hmm. La Crema what it is today. uh, Previous winemakers and and people involved with with La Crema. So it's kind of a reunion of sorts. Fun. Fun. But, you know, 40th anniversary party reunion.
1: Wow. Fun stuff. To be able to do that, so um, and and you're expecting what? I bet a couple hundred guests. Couple hundred, I believe. Yeah. How wonderful! Yeah. Well, congratulations Thank you. on the yeah, 40th anniversary. We should make sure yeah. that we get a big, big round of celebration for that. The color of this yeah. Pinot is beautiful. It's very, it's a very classic Pinot in color. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's light, but it has depth to it. Mm-hmm. This is uh, kind of. I'd say kind of it's a deep Ruby you know some people think of Ruby as being too light or young. Mm. This isn't like this this has got a lot of deeper notes to it in its coloring. And
2: blue and purple yes. kind of.
1: mm. thank you for mentioning that yeah, yeah.
2: And, and, and it
0: may pretty be pretty. it's not super saturated in color but it has great flavor and, and complexity. so there's not always a correlation between
1: right. color and, and concentration. Right. Now, La Crema is available for listeners to purchase across the country, but some things are only available to club members, right, and, or at the tasting uh, uh, room and out of the tasting room. Uh, tell our listeners a little bit about price ranges, and and then we'll go segue into club information. Right. So we we have an array
0: of wines. We make uh, different price points. So we have our Sonoma Coast. Pinot and Chardonnay, I believe, is about $22. Um, and it's found uh, around around the country, wow. mm-hmm. which is wonderful. And then we make everything uh, down to, a, you know, these very specific single mm-hmm. vineyard wines that are mm-hmm. $70 or right. so. Right,
1: right. And, and so your production ranges from, obviously, the ones that are available around the country. That's a very large production mm-hmm. amount. But your single vineyard designates and really small ones. Mm-hmm. What's the smallest production that you're making on any single line? Uh,
0: I have one that's two hundred and fifty cases. Yeah. So, so that's, you know, and ten, available ten only to club members, mm-hmm. I would imagine.
1: Yes. Yeah. So very small amount there. So exciting. Have have uh have you participated or been with La Crema during the period in which they um acquired and or worked with new growers or new vineyards has that been part of your tenure or did that happen before you joined the team uh new
0: vineyards uh well we've been developing uh different different vineyards Mm -hmm. um i don't think we've purchased any any vineyards since i've been i was just kind of
1: curious because you had mentioned earlier la crema sources from many locations from Mm -hmm. monterey to anderson valley so I was a little curious about how those relationships evolved and took place and a lot of it is is uh, relationships that, you know, obviously started before you joined the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you continue to nurture them. Well, yeah, thank you for that. And that's what that's what what's exciting for me about
0: working at La Crema is just our our wonderful vineyards that I get to work with. That's that's the fun part for for a winemaker, at least for for me, is just the mm-hmm. diversity of vineyards and the, and the mm-hmm. quality and you know, there's just they're just stunning I, I you know I can't I can't speak Make, enough makes about it them. Easier, makes it easier yeah. your work easier That's when it true. comes to harvest to and from. And yeah. yeah uh, uh,
1: uh what's the say th- the the uh, you've, you've got a thing box, of what's spice the word box. <laughs> I was thinking a spice box so I was thinking a. An array of Arrays. riches, yeah, abundance, an yes. abundance of riches. Abundance abundance of of riches. riches. Yes. Yes. thank you. Couldn't think of the phrase. Right? No,
0: I that, <laughs> I feel like that all the time. We have a, a vineyard that uh, that I'm beginning to work with down in in Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. and then oh, we have. See, there you go. That right. was what I wanted to hear about. Okay, so, exciting. Yeah, so I, I think that there's a dedication to making Pinot Noir, growing mm-hmm. Pinot Noir and Chardonnay in the best places that can where we can do that right. in California and Oregon.
1: So so you're I wanna talk a little bit about this magical new relationship in Santa Barbara. So obviously spreading La Crema's wings a little further away. I bet our listeners would like to know how do these come about? I mean, does it literally come about because somebody stopped in the tasting room or somebody was sitting at a bar next to somebody else accidentally and said, Well, you know, I'm growing some of this and and uh, you know we're looking for you know a new winery relationship. Uh, how did how did this come about with Santa Barbara, or, or you weren't privy I, to it? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I don't know those 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 details. Mm-hmm. I just know that there's there's a commitment to having mm-hmm. wonderful Pinot and Chardonnay in throughout and it, California and of course and Morgan. This gives
1: you another coastal source
0: exactly, and it's very and it's different. A specialty of yours, you know, Santa Rita is is. You know, we don't want to make wines or pinots that are shades of gray. We want very distinct uh, appellations and very distinct expressions mm-hmm. of, of Pinot Noir. And, and Santa Rita is a very exciting place to make, uh, to grow grapes. It's, it's very cool different, climate. very and cool climate, right. very long growing season.
1: And, uh, and and the wines that come out of Santa Rita, to my experience, just have um, a very different but unique flavor profile from what comes out of russian river or napa or you know sonoma valley any of those um very unique profiles
0: right very it's very different the ocean and the fog play a huge part it's socked in and fog and and very windy for the majority of the day so it's you don't get that same diurnal right. shift that we have right. here oh. in the russian river but then
1: but then they often oh it's oh, okay so it's a much less right it's interesting
0: there's a the wavelengths mm-hmm. Are, mm-hmm. are shorter mm-hmm. i don't know uh yeah. you know it's it's more temperate
2: and it's okay. called santa rita hills so yeah. there are
0: lots of hills there, <laughs> there are lots of hills <laughs> lots and of close hills. to the ocean
1: right yeah fun stuff any observations, Lisa, you no, want to share on the well, on the Pinot? I'm it's just so delicious. I'm
2: a Pinot fan and been a fan of this brand for a long time, so this is such a treat to try yes. this. It is. Thank you, Jen, yeah, again for
1: bringing these beautiful lines. My pleasure. Thanks for uh, tasting them Because they're a me. real unique treat for us to, to get to try them and and see what they're like. Um, La Creme is known in part, and I, I should say f- on my end, um, for having a, a unique approach to barrel programs. Mm. And our listeners may not know that um, you know, the barrels impart the toast flavor, which um, winemakers kind of use, as as Lisa was saying earlier, it's the spice box. It's mm. the, spice box. It um, is the spice box. And it comes from so many different things. Mm-hmm. It comes from where the trees are grown. Are they coming from the five forests in France? Are they uh, American acacia? Are they Hungarian oak? Um, and then, and then you have a huge array of choices in terms of how you want Toast. your barrels toasted sure. and, and blended together. So there's so many choices there to work with, making your options as a winemaker even bigger as to what you want to create. Do You want to talk a little about your your barrel program? Sure. So
0: every uh, one of my wines sees barrel. It's barrel fermented. So Pinot is drained. It goes it goes to barrel where it goes through mm-hmm. malolactic fermentation, and we'll spend uh 10 to 15 months in barrel Chardonnay is all barrel fermented so there's no shortcuts mm-hmm. we don't have any oak adjuncts or mm-hmm. wood chips or, or right. other things to kind of add that that oak flavor right. it's it's very much um, it's a traditional. Mm-hmm winemaking techniques and
1: you mentioned earlier for your chardonnay it was only looking at 30 Mm percent new barrels right um uh, talk a little bit for our listeners who may not know about the difference between neutral barrels and new barrels and, and how that alters flavor
0: yeah so uh for a given wine i will select a portion of it to be uh Fermented in new oak versus neutral oak. Neutral mm-hmm. oak is a barrel that has been used multiple times, at least two. But once once a barrel mm-hmm. has been used, it loses probably seventy five percent of mm-hmm. its of its oak impact, flavor, and mm-hmm. spice, and vanilla, and all that. Uh, so it's produce, it's
1: it's it's producing a, a much more subtle effect.
0: Right. And after three or four years, it's just a vessel to mm-hmm. hold your juice. But oak has Oxygen exchange, mm-hmm. unlike stainless steel, mm-hmm. uh, so you get some different flavors and and
1: different um, textures
0: in an oak barrel, even when it's neutral.
1: Very nice, very nice. And so you're using all French, all French oak. oak. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no American acacia or Hungarian no. thrown there or any other country mm-hmm. of oak. Okay, all right. right. Good
0: and you story? know no, that's a that's a matter of style. So mm-hmm. uh, you know nothing against other wineries that choose to do that, but. I prefer the, the green
1: of French oak. Well, I have to say that so far, so and it's been a while since I've had any La Crema, um, everything is reminding me of my past experiences with La Crema, which is to say, you know, classic flavor profiles of Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, specifically from the Russian River. Um, so, it, 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 you know, it hasn't altered my experience or expectations of, you know, really elegant delivery, entirely of all these things. I also wanted to say on the Pinot, um, like like all good Pinots, you pick up this small, slight backbone of tannins, but of course mm-hmm. it's not dominant because that's not what Pinot does. There is no uh, dominance of tannins to it, but it. It's there to provide your structure mm-hmm. and uh, make it age worthy, right? Right. So tell us a little bit about how long you think folks might age this particular Pinot from 2015. Well, I think 2015 was a great vintage uh,
0: for winemakers, not mm-hmm. so much for for grape growers, but uh, <laughs> it was a it was a small vintage, very concentrated, uh, great acids. So I think that this vintage in particular will age quite well. Um, there is, like you said, a good backbone of, of can in there. Mm-hmm. I think this wine could could age probably 8 to 10 years. Yeah. And uh and be quite nice. Uh, you know, and that's those are the wines that we're trying to make at La Crema and you said classic and I think that's kind of kind classic of the word Burgundian. I think about is we don't want to mm-hmm. pursue any extremes of you know, low ripeness or or you know, right. high alcohols. We're sort of trying to find right. our, our balance right. there.
1: Exactly
2: and what does what does everybody like to pair what comes to mind in terms of pairings well i'm i always like pinot and salmon and we're going back to mm. salmon again yeah. <laughs> no i can't disagree um, with you on that i think this would fa- be fantastic with a grilled salmon
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, really lovely and really we love it. How about you? What's a uh, favorite for you? I mean, I I always say duck or duck confit, yeah, duck, duck confit. Bra- bra- <laughs> uh, breast.
0: It's uh, I know it's it's not a very creative pairing, yeah. but
1: <laughs> but you know also always a winner. Also, what came to mind to me was you know kind of a classic cochon. Yeah, for oh sure. my goodness, most definitely. But I can also see a lot of great um, Mexican dishes with mm-hmm. this. Um, I can see uh, burritos, Mm -hmm. you know, so for for people who want to go a different direction Mm -hmm. with their meal, you know, I can definitely see going with a lot of spicy. I can even see Thai food beautifully Mm -hmm. with this Pinot. Mm -hmm. What a great pairing this would be. So lots of different options there. Jen, let's pour another one. You have got another one here. One more for us to try today. What a treat. How exciting. What a great way to spend an afternoon. (laughs) It sure is. And, you know, the challenge here for our listeners who don't get to see this is trying to position (laughs) the glasses to pour in between all of the microphone cords (laughs) and headphone cords and all that makes it yet another challenge. So, Jen. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers again. So
0: tell us about this wine. Right. So this is is a departure. This is another Pinot from Sonoma County, from Mm -hmm. the Sonoma Coast. It's a vineyard we have near the town of Annapolis. So it's only about... It's tucked away. Annapolis is a
1: tiny little tucked away town in the Redwoods. It is
0: in the middle of Redwoods. Exactly. So it's about an hour and a half or so driving Mm -hmm. from Healdsburg West down Timber Roads to get to to the vineyard. But it's worth it. So... uh, a 20 year old this
1: is coveted vineyard land
0: it, it is it's a very very special place uh, I, I love working with this vineyard as well it's it's about two miles I believe from the ocean as the crow flies but it is
1: uh, it's at a ridgetop only the crows get to do that flying <laughs> not us yeah it's a little longer for us right. this is much this is a much uh, you know color wise much deeper purple mm-hmm. uh, crimson notes in the mm-hmm. coloring here um, you get more of the purple on the edges. You definitely can see the depth in the blue. What do you,
2: what do you think, Lisa? The nose um, pops right out at you Ooh. in
1: a real kind of wow.
2: smoky, meaty way. You know? Yes.
1: So you, g- you definitely get um, more depth of blue fruit, some black fruit mm-hmm. to this. Uh, just overall, the intensity is much more than the other one. And for our listeners who may actually look at the picture involved, this is the black Label the dark label on the bottle that you that you might see with the pictures. This is our our twenty sixteen
0: Shell Ridge Pinot Noir, so single vineyard Pinot Noir from the Sonoma Coast, Uh, and it it is the wine smells like the place. It's wild. It has this, you know, when I blackberries blackberries boysenberries kind of fur
1: fur and things that have spikes on the vines. (laughs) Yeah. To be careful about. But
0: there's also mm. this touch of uh, orange peel, mandarin yes. orange. There's
1: a citrus,
0: oh. like a blood orange note to it also that I find every year with this vineyard.
1: Okay. So, Lisa, when you talk about, um, you know, uh, a pairing, a pinot with a duck, this, to me, screams duck l'orange. Yeah, mm. uh, definitely. Oh, man. E- even castellets. Oh, oh man, yeah. some a very cool castellets. You could even... You could even do some of the lighter stew styles Mm -hmm. with this. Uh, I would, I would go to chili. Mm -hmm. You know, some great chili. So this this would be great Uh, when you're watching a a, you know football game in the dead of winter. um, (laughs) This would be a go to. Nachos, (laughs) yes, with jalapeno.
2: Well, even (laughs) like if you do a a classic like cheese and charcuterie following mm -hmm. the meal, like this would be great. Following the meal mm-hmm. with something like that—that that you know, has yes. a little bit of bolder flavors—and
1: some with some of those, um, I'm thinking, Shropshire cheddars, mm-hmm. An, mm-hmm. Aged cheddar. uh, an aged cheddar, an aged cheddar, big, heavy, brick yeah. stuff. Um, nice. Obviously, you could do this with um, any form of Stilton. Mm-hmm. Um, it would go beautifully with that. I'm thinking there's a stew I make that this this goes really well with. That's a that's a lot of fun. So that would be a good possible as well. Yum. Hmm, I can't stop
2: just sipping on this. <laughs> <laughs> well we have a, <laughs> a whole bottle. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> And we've got Misty Rodabush Kane stepping in. Hello, Misty. Mm,
3: good afternoon. Good everyone. afternoon,
1: my dear. Good to have you with us.
3: Yes, yeah, nice to be here. So
1: Misty Misty's also you know, everybody comes from very far points. Wine country's spread out. Yeah, and then you dealing with summer traffic and all that. So yeah. Misty meet Jen, Jen meet Misty. Hi, Misty. Jen. Welcome. Thanks. So um, we are enjoying we are enjoying this beautiful Pinot Noir um, from the Shell Vineyard uh, on the coast. Too much mi- a Shell Ranch two miles by the crow flies, um, probably a day's hike for us <laughs> on foot, given the terrain. So for folks it who may remote. not know, the terrain around the coast is Highly vertical.
0: Right. It's at the top and of a ridge, right. uh, yeah. and we call it Shell Ridge because it's uh, it's this kind of fluffy gold ridge soil, but it also has uh, shells in the soil. So we'll be walking vineyards and uh, I stumble it's, upon a seashell. It's either,
1: it's either the family name or you're going to tell us <laughs> geologic history here. So that w- that's what makes it really cool. So obviously the tectonic plates exactly. gave a little shove up and said... Here you go. A few million years ago. Right. Enjoy. And it it imparts a whole different set of flavors. I have to say for our listeners, the the last Pinot Noir that we had, which um, is a a combination from a variety of vineyards to this one completely different flavor profile. Right, um, very
0: different, and winemaking's the same. There's nothing <laughs> I I do differently yeah. uh, once the fruit comes to the winery. This is this is what what's so great about Pinot Noir for me is, it tastes like the place where it's grown. Right.
1: So this gives you a sense of of how place totally completely changes what you're going to get, and everything. Misty, Misty, any 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 thoughts you want to add to this whole thing?
3: Yeah, no geographic location and it definitely adds and that's interesting to mention the um you know the old seabed because we were just looking at a soil sample earlier today from our winery property right. that and you're you're soil, far
1: so. more inland uh and on the are you talking about something on the valley floor for you guys at saint is yeah,
3: something in um the napa valley oh, our okay. napa valley right. estate our okay. dollar high estate vineyard yeah. so
1: yeah Sounds it's pretty all very interesting stuff Cool. Well, thank you again, Jen, for bringing all these fantastic, beautiful wines from thank La Crema. You. And congratulations on your 40th yeah. anniversary year. Fantastic. You know, another thing we, we like to let our listeners know since, you know, Wine Women is about helping wine women in the wine industry, <laughs> helping them accelerate their careers. What comes to mind to you as a woman in the wine industry um, that has helped you along the way with? accelerating your career in the wine industry well
0: i think for me working uh, diverse places throughout the world here in california Mm -hmm. uh, back east i think having diverse experience bringing that uh, working different jobs whether it's in the vineyards or the tasting room or Mm -hmm. the cellar or the lab making sure that you can you understand every everyone's job if if you're Your idea Mm -hmm. is to become a winemaker I was assuming that was what you were asking Um, but for me that's that helped me and and having a good support network I think that's another thing that makes a big difference I have three kids so without a a good partner to help with with kids during harvest and while I'm traveling it's yeah it's hard so I think all of those things are, are very important to
1: have all that balance in there Balance Some. is still tough, probably Some. for all of
0: us, <laughs> 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 and it's an no ongoing thing. And you're,
1: and Jen, you are going into harvest season, in which your personal resources are demanded upon more so than any other time of the year. I mean, winemakers really get touched upon to contribute all around the year, but this, this, this is right. the time where you're really. Uh, on deadlines <laughs> in sure. very big way, and and for production and all that.
0: But you know, it's my favorite time of year, and I think any winemaker that says harvest isn't his or her favorite time of year probably yeah. you know shouldn't okay. be a winemaker. Because good it's thing is, so I haven't exciting. met anybody. I haven't met anybody
1: <laughs> yet who says they don't like harvest. That's a good thing because. Maybe that would be an indicator that they've chosen the wrong
0: career. <gasps> yeah, um, but it's But exciting. you haven't. No, it's yeah, you you know, it. the smell, uh, the smells of the winery, walking the <sighs> yeah, vineyards in the morning. Uh, you know, there's just it's just the best time of year. It's like Christmas.
1: So for our listeners, that's one of the things we cannot convey across the airwaves is the heavenly smell of a vineyard, and particularly the 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 crush pad the tank room mm-hmm. um the cellars, mm-hmm. um and the barrels and all that are all pretty special places particularly because of the olfactory senses misty's got something on the tip the, of her tongue about that the
3: bustle of harvest as well mm. oh, it's just yeah. it is just so invigorating and so exciting i mean you have harvest teams that join you from all over the world right. international and it's yeah international interns that come in and it's just it's just invigorating and there's something going on in every nick, nuke and cranny of a yeah. winery during harvest So, lots the energy
1: very, very cool stuff Jen before we go I want to make sure that um, first of all everybody knows you can go to lacrema.com um, to buy wine to join the wine club um, tell us a little bit about the visitor center
0: so the visitor center is at Sara Lee's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. So the second wine we, we tried today from that property, and it in was in Windsor. In in Windsor, yes, I got it wrong right. the first time. Exactly We're <laughs> on on Slusser Road, it is uh, Sarah Lee Cundy's home. It's mm-hmm. a, it's uh, her original home, and it dates back to the turn of the century. It was a um, an wow. old an old barn, and to call it a barn, it still has a barn. Vibe to it, but it is in no way a barn anymore. It's just this wonderful place to taste wine and look mm-hmm. out over the vineyards and exciting uh, have have a bite or two.
1: Are there are uh, for visitors? Are there a variety of different types of experiences that they could sign up for in the tasting room?
0: There are there are, there are picnics. There's mm-hmm. tours of the vineyards. There's uh, different wines to taste. It's uh,
1: there's there's a lot to do there. So and I I would always advise visitors. To have your best experience, um, figure out in advance. Shop on the winery site, Mm lacrema.com, and see what, you know, in terms of your schedule, in terms of what most appeals to you to explore, that that way you're going to have the best experience knowing in advance and getting it booked. Um, You know, particularly because we're Mm -hmm. still in high season. We will be in high season. And it's going to be high season all year for La La Crema on their 40th anniversary Right. So. We,
0: we'll be busy, but you don't need an appointment to visit. So that's one of the good, good the good things. Okay. Uh, and if you can't make it to Sarah Lee's, we also mm-hmm. have
1: uh, a tasting room on the square in Healdsburg. There you go. So you. That's, wander around. That, I bet that was what I was remembering at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, exciting stuff. So Jen, any anything else that you would like to leave our listeners with to make sure that they know about La Crema and about your career in winemaking? Oh, geez. Well, that's a that's a long
0: question uh, <laughs> no I just uh, it's it's just a, a, it's just a fun job making wine working with La crema working with these vineyards uh, just uh, everybody drink and enjoy more wine Woo-hoo. with your friends all right fantastic cheers to,
1: that. cheers to your fourth anniversary cheers to your career do, doing cheers. all the wonderful things you want to do and having a fantastic winemaking career thank you so much thanks for thank having you me you. so much for being on wine women radio hour ladies lisa and misty oh, i just whacked my <laughs> microphone thank you so much and most of all listeners thank you for tuning in we very much appreciate it uh, lisa was there a last word you look like you had a last word there all right so thank you so much everybody nope. we'll be with Bye-bye. you and again in another week with another show thanks a lot farewell